Leadership is a responsibility, not a position. Welcome to Leading from the Front with Dr. Gary McGrath, where experienced leaders share their own brand of leadership to help you develop and improve your own leadership capabilities. And now, here's your host, Dr. Gary. I'm Dr. Gary, making good bosses into great leaders with compassionate accountability. Welcome again to our podcast, Leading from the Front, where leadership is a responsibility, not a position. Our guest today is the fourth child of Vietnamese immigrants into Canada. He started working at the age of 10, helping out in a paper room. I, I, I did that. I had my own paper room. So I guess that's where our entrepreneurial beginnings were uh, when we were very young. His single focus in life and business has been on building relationships, whether it was collecting money and making sales on the paper route, shelving books at his local library, or manning the fryer at a stadium. He loves meeting new people and getting to know them. There was a defining moment in his life when he was accepted into an exchange student program and traveled to Lancaster, England for a year and discovered a whole new world. After graduating in 2003, he went into sales with a startup called Red Pages, a printed directory of websites. I know that sounds kind of crazy, but this is before Google was even hardly starting. So spoiler alert, Red Pages didn't do so well. But he took that experience and he went to work for the Yellow Pages for five years and then decided to jump into the world of entrepreneurship, exploring online marketing and he founded his company, Local SEO Search. When he got his first customer, he didn't even have a laptop. He didn't have a computer. Now that is being entrepreneurial. I love that. And today his passion is to help small business owners succeed, and his core values have always been hard work, honesty, transparency, and treating everyone with respect. He started his own podcast in 2008, by the same name, Local CEO Today, where he interviews other business owners and entrepreneurs about their journeys into the unknown world of entrepreneurship. Well, we're going to talk to him about that today. And I just want to point out that he's got a family with a young son, and they all love to travel, ski, swim, and go to live events. Please welcome to Leading from the Front, John Vong. Hi, John. Hi, Dr. Gary. Thanks for the intro. That was amazing. I'm excited to be on your show today. Well, thank, well, I guess we're done here. No, let's uh, uh, let's <laughs> let's get some some real meat behind all of that that journey of the, yours, though, where you moved to Canada and you you had these entrepreneurial beginnings with a paper route and and, and working, always working hard. Talk a little bit about your your journey. Yeah. So again, my my parents left the war, and I was born like a week or two weeks afterwards when my mom arrived here. So I never experienced what they had to endure and live. However, a couple of years ago, I actually went back to Vietnam with my mom and it was the best experience. And I saw in her eyes how much joy it brought to her for me to experience kind of where they lived, how they lived and what they had to go through. Right. Yeah. Did you actually go back to their hometown and get to, to did, did she get to see anybody that she oh, yeah. knew from here? Oh, wow. I still have a lot of aunts and uncles sucking uh, probably. And, yes. but it was amazing because, you know, yes, I went to the store that they lived and grew up on and the streets, they still existed and the neighborhood. And she was telling me, this is the market. This is where I bought my stuff. And I was like, 
this is what life is all about, right? Like yeah. experiences, relationships that are built with so many memories, right? So it's great. Yeah, and that's almost that's forty five years ago, I guess, when they left. So that's that's amazing that uh, uh, you got to do that. That must have felt just incredible. Oh yeah, anything to do with spending time with the most important people in your life um, and cherishing these moments because that's what life is about, right? Like these micro moments and moments in life. Yeah. Cause it's the, the intense emotion is what locks in memory, right? So getting to do that with your mom must've been just such a joy for you. Yeah. What did you learn from that journey though? What did you learn going back to your roots, going back to Vietnam and, and seeing your mom experience that? What did that bring to you? Well, I could see how much joy she was kind of living through. Like she had to endure so much during the war to escape, leave everything behind and come to Canada with no money, nobody to support her, not knowing the language and really just rely on sacrificing everything she had for the betterment of the next generation, which was us, the children. Right. So I wanted to just do everything I can to make sure she had the best time of her life and have fun, right? Like just being there. And that's the most important thing, showing up, right? Yeah, showing up. And and I, I think really living up to the sacrifice that your parents gave you, the opportunity that they've given you, right? So you went through school, you went to, uh, and got a degree in finance. Exactly. Right. And then you had this opportunity to be an exchange student in England. And you said, you know, that opened your eyes up. How did, how did that open your eyes up? So growing up, I experienced travel in a different way than a lot of, you know, North American individuals. Right. We didn't have much growing up. When I say we live in a smaller part outside of Toronto, Canada, so an hour away, which is a city called Hamilton. And for us, travel was going once a year to Toronto, which is one hour away. And that's what I lived for up until college or university. So when I was able to experience the first time going on an airplane, leaving the country and then kind of surviving culture shock, embracing a new country and people, food, you know, just embracing everything. It gave me, you know, the freedom to understand what life can potentially be about, right? Because I was very sheltered. I was living in like a little society or a little bubble, I would say. But when you start, you know, reading is one thing and learning and watching TV and dreaming is different than actually living it, being present and traveling and doing things that you always wanted to do. And these are things and moments that really crystallize what I wanted to do and really paved the path of my current life and my future at that time. Yeah, I think uh, you, you make a good point. And I talk to people about travel all the time. I had the opportunity at eight years old for two years living in Scotland because my dad was in the Navy and I went to Scotland and lived there and uh, living in a foreign country as a, as an American, there were some real challenges with that. The difference for me that we always know is I, I knew I was going to be able to come back no matter what I knew I was coming back to the U S and to my home country. So I can only imagine what your, what your mom has been through over the years, but to be able to travel and go and see other cultures and, I, I just feel people are people. I mean, they just they 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 want to live a life of uh, uh, being with their friends and family, feeling safe and contributing in some way. I mean, is, isn't that what you learn when you travel? As you find out, we're really not all that different. 
Exactly. And everyone has their own journey, their path, their own life going on. But at that moment, just be present, get to know people, be curious, right? And really want to aspire to do good, right? As long as you're welcoming and open and wanting to learn, I think that's where you can actually embrace and live up to the life that you potentially want to be, right? And because that's what allowed me to become better in sales, better in business, better in life as a parent, right? Because I'm always curious. I'm always reading. I'm always trying to understand what goes on in the brains of people that have lived my life before. The elderly, you know, someone that has is 50, 60, 70. I'm always asking and curious on what did they regret? What can they have done differently? How can they improve? You know, what is life about when you are, you know, 60, 70 and, or 80 and not enjoying it anymore? Live the most you can presently, be grateful, continue learning, like all these life lessons and principles. I read about it, but I always take advice from people that I trust that are in you know, a better state than I am, right? Like I'm a little bit younger than a lot of business owners. So I, I enjoy learning. So maybe, you know, and, and you may have already answered this, but I'll ask the question and see if there's some clarification in it. When you have these conversations over the years, what are the two or three things that really have grabbed you and said, one of the things you said was I asked them, what are your regrets? Yes. You know, and by listening to that, is there a couple of things that you've learned along the way from people with with wisdom that can tell you, yes, this is what I regret. Don't do that. (laughs) So these are things uh, and I'll just go back. So while working at Yellow Pages, I was there for five years. And at that time, I actually I spent a lot of time learning from business owners. And I probably work with over 5000 local business owners in the Toronto area. And each time was like an hour mentor session because these are successful business owners that have been doing it for years, generations potentially. And they have abundance of expertise and knowledge on how to grow and build a community, right? Okay, so hold on a second. So let me see if I understand this because you are selling them ads ads in the yellow pages, but you were interviewing them to learn. Exactly. You wanted to, you really wanted to learn about them and their business and how they got where they got. Right. But it's relationship selling, right? If they like you, they'll continue buying from you. Right. And if I'm curious and I'm giving them my story and journey, if they like it, great. If they don't, I'm going to ask about them and really get to know them on a personal level. Right. So connecting. And this is where relationship building is so critical in life in general. But one of the things that I learned was people was very intrigued by my story of going to England right? For that one year. So travel was always the number one thing that a lot of business owners regretted because they were living and busy spending so much time in their business, but not enjoying life, right? They always imagine going on a cruise. They always imagine going to Australia or going to Asia or going to Hawaii, but they never did it, right? They're now 60 and 70 and they regretted that. So Early days, so when I was 24, 25, first thing I did was go on a cruise, right? <laughs> I had no idea what the heck cruise was. I was young, single, I had money. I wanted to 
travel, right? So I did it. Well, after all, you, as you said, the only thing you've been to England and you've been to Toronto, and that was pretty much your scale of uh, of travel. So exactly, you, you identified some things based on those conversations. I'm, in other words, you started your bucket list really early in life, didn't you? So ever since then, I travel on a cruise every year. I've been on 15 plus cruises, and that's a part of one of my travel trips every year. I probably go on three or four major trips every year, right? Because I want to make a point to live presently and live with purpose and never live without regret, right? So these are the things I, I learned from all these business owners, and I look at like one hour snippets of mentorship. So I, I can remember uh, somebody talking to me about this uh, quite often. This is when we get older, we don't remember the stuff we have. We remember the experiences we have. Yes. And that's just what you're talking about. So how have you, how have you taken that? that and, I, you know, I wish that uh, on this podcast, I just want to say that, that people could, if they can't feel the smile on your face <laughs> and the joy that you have for life. And, and you know, you and I, we, we laugh and we giggle and we do all this stuff that, because you can sense like where you're coming from in this. This is when, when you talk about relationship selling, it can sound manipulative if it's not done with authenticity. Yes. And I just want people to know that when you talk about it, you don't just talk about it from relationship selling. It's about truly getting to know the other person yes. and, and wanting to. You have this like this magnetic you you got to tell me about you. I just, just tell me about, I want to, I've got to, you know, there's, you want to soak it in uh, like a sponge. So I love that about you. So you, you started this business, you know, this uh, local SEO search, which, uh, you know, you, you thought about red pages, yellow pages, and trying to help small business owners and help them succeed. So how did you get into that? What you, you, you started <laughs> that without even having the technology to do it. I, I love it. So talk okay. a little bit about how you got that started. So seven years ago, while working at Yellow Pages, I met a lot of business owners frustrated, not getting good ROI. And there was a change. User behavior was changing. As you know, printed directories, yellowpages.com or .ca didn't get the traction that they once did. And this was occurring every year. And a lot more people were frustrated, spending less money and wanting to cancel. And at that point, I was like, where are people going? Where should I invest my next move? And really, how can I do more without being tied to a corporation, right? I could have easily went to work for Google, do ads, right? But I didn't want to, like, it was timing as well. I recently got married. I moved to a new city. And I had an opportunity to either continue working at Yellow Pages, find another company to work for, or start something. And my wife supported me at that pivotal moment to say, do what you want to do, and I'll back you up. So that was the number one thing that I feel I'm very grateful for. Then it was like, okay, now what the heck is it that I need to do? Well, Google was now taking off. A lot more people were spending more time. And I was like, look, I just need to do what I'm good at. Go sell, right? So I went out there, didn't have a laptop. You know, I had no technical background. I'm in sales and marketing. I went out there and sold. I had my phone. I just said, look, I can help you. Give me some money. I'll figure it out. And I'm going to, you know, prove to you that I'm going to be one of the best in Canada in a couple of years. So I went out there, sold, sold, sold. And then I had to hire people to do the work. Well, when, hold on. When you sold that, were you talking to people that you already knew? No, no. I didn't go really? that way yet because my trust was on the line. My name was on the line. 
You decided to go to strangers in case you screwed it up. <laughs> exactly. Because okay. I didn't know how to do Good the strategy stuff in the back Good end, strategy, right? Yes. But I knew I could sell. So I went out there, first check, $3,000, $10,000, couple checks came in. I was like, now I can hire people to do the work, right? Made a lot of mistakes during that time of hiring a, the wrong type of people to do the stuff that I think people should have been able to do and then learn what not to do right and wrong. Like just over the years, just pivoting, and but going head on, doing something, making mistakes, learning from the mistakes and then pivoting. So what do you think your couple of your biggest mistakes were that you learned from that helped you get to where you are today, that you, you fall back on those regularly? What, 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 what would those be for other entrepreneurs? I think this is very powerful stuff. So early days, I was spending a lot of time trying to do everything, thinking I could do everything right my way. And uh, the sooner I started hiring people that were experts and doing good at what they love doing, like operations or hiring or, you know, th- there's so many pillars in SEO from content writing, link building to social engagement, all these things that now I have a whole team that does everything, but they love what they, they do, right? Like I love doing this stuff, which is speaking and building more of a community and brand awareness, right? That's my passion right now. I love helping others, right? Mentoring others. But they love writing content. They love social media. I have no interest and desire to learn it, let alone want to learn it, right? And doing it. So that's what what I kind of learned over the years. Like first year, second year, I was spending and stressing over the smallest, littlest things and killing myself, right? Spending 16, 18 hours doing the stuff that didn't really generate a lot of revenue. Don't you think though, by doing that, John, when you're starting out as an entrepreneur, a lot of us do this because we want to know the business and doesn't knowing that business, even though you don't have to do all the expert stuff, you do have to know enough about the nuts and bolts of the business to be able to communicate with your, with your employees and be able to get things done. So there's some, there's still some value in that struggle, right? Oh yeah. That struggle is necessary and mandatory for for entrepreneurs to learn where you don't want to gravitate and invest more time doing right without that struggle i wouldn't be where i am today because i would expect other people to do it without knowing how difficult it is yeah yeah and and i think you know you've been in the business seven years and when you look at the things that you do today when you give advice as to how to get there is there really any way to accelerate that or do you have to go through the steps and learn and struggle? Because I don't, I don't know. Look, Angela Duckworth's book on, yeah. on grit. Okay. We talked about this before grit. It's like, it's about passion and perseverance and you have a passion for this. You have to persevere. You have to learn and small business owners have to be able to be flexible. There's, there's so many things that we have to do, but you have to learn from the trenches to start with. I mean, I started my business. What was I doing? I was coaching. I was consulting. I was training. I was business developing. I was building my website. You know, you do it all, right? And and now I've got five statarians that work for me that, you know what they do? They do coaching. They do training. They do everything. Yeah. I'm the marketing and business development guy like you. And I occasionally, when I feel like it, I get to step in and do some of that because I still enjoy doing it. But as entrepreneurs, we learn to evolve Okay, to running the business rather than 
being in the business, right? Yeah, in and versus on the business, right? And the sooner you're able to move in that direction, the better off you'll be because less stress. And also you're passionate doing things that you love doing, right? And when you're at that stage in your business entrepreneurial journey, that's where you want to be. You're in a good state and there's going to be momentum because you're focused on different initiatives, making more of an impact, right? Well, okay. So let's take that because making more of an impact, there's some recent research that talks about this idea of passion and perseverance. And in, in America, they always talk about being an entrepreneur and having your own business and, you know, doing this and doing that. And, and you'll ha- be happy with it. Well, no, a lot of people are not happy with it. And, and as you talked about, it can consume you to the point where you never get to go on that cruise. Right. And I think that the recent research says that if you can find work, that aligns with your talents and strengths and you are, you are um, recognized and appreciated for that. It doesn't matter what company you work for. Yep. And it actually doesn't matter what you do. If you, the, the people that work for you in SEO, uh, they could go work for Google or they could work for a bigger company or they could do all this. But if you have a culture within your organization where they get to do what they love to do and you let them, within the boundaries of the work that you're doing and the customer's needs and so on, but you let them, that passion just comes out, doesn't it? Exactly. And as long as you're able to find these people that are in alignment with your values and you evolve them, you get to know them on a relationship basis, like build that strong culture, build that strong team where everyone's collaborating on the same goals, right? Same achievements. That's what you're trying to build as a company. And that's how a true leader stands out from the rest, right? And yes, money will come. It might be struggles, early days or late days, but everyone is on the same page with the same goals in mind and everyone's looking after each other. And what I've always tried to envision on my company was family first and Everything we do is like a family culture from my team, my staff, to all my clients, to all my suppliers and vendors. We are a family. And that's the biggest bond that you'll have in life, right? Really, your parents, your brothers, your sisters, your aunts and uncles. That's the strongest bond relationship you'll have during good times and bad. Yeah, yeah. So when I when I think about what, during the introduction, I said hard work, honesty, transparency, and respect. And if you take that with the family first and use those values, I'm going to assume that those are the values that you espouse in your company. This is what you expect your people to do the same thing, to be honest, to be transparent, to work hard and to show each other respect. Would that be a fair statement? Exactly. Yeah. For us, it's like have fun too, right? Like enjoy the moment, be grateful for what you have. Like during this pandemic, like what do you have that you, you wish you had, right? So family, stay close to people that you love, cherish, have good work that you aspire, you look forward to every day and enjoy doing and have your health, right? Which is so important in today's world, right? Yeah. So I wanted to ask you in, in your team, and you said early on, you struggle with getting the right people. Talk a little bit about what that means to hire the right people. And what did you do when you recognized that someone was the wrong person 
for your company? And how did you make that decision? What was the criteria that you thought about that says this person isn't working out? So over the years, I've been able to uh, meet a lot of great people, bad people, great colleagues, great managers, business owners, friends, you know, just learning to read people is so critical. And I can tell from their expressions, their the way they say things, the way they talk to each other, the way they talk to me or their family, their parents. Yes, people judge, right? And people have impressions on others. I'm able to read people. And for me, I made some critical errors by reading people that I thought were going to be good fits, but they were, you know, just faking it, right? They were not truly. What were they, what were they faking? What? Tell me what that. What you uh, over time? Because we can all fake it for yes. you know, for a so little in, while, right? In front of a boss, so I've never been a boss or a manager or owner before, but when you are that person, everyone wants to, you know, look up, look good in front of you. Right. Right. So I needed to peel back that onion or layer for them to show me their genuine self. Mm -hmm. So when they were in front of colleagues, they reacted completely different. When they were in front of staff or clients or whatever, they were completely different. So they were putting this layer in front of me showing like, this is me. Right. So I had to really start asking deeper questions, getting to know what their values are like, right. Asking them like, you know, people do a lot of personality tests and I just been doing this for so long and reading people that now I know what it means to be a business owner and how to find good staff. Well, I, I go back to my years uh, working for the Covey Leadership Center, and Dr. Covey had this quote in it saying, you can't talk your way out of what you behave yourself into. Yes. So when you see that they behave differently um, with colleagues and customers, and then you start hearing the, you start hearing rumors, you know, you start, yep. and, and people don't always want to throw somebody under the bus, so they're trying to be nice, and, and it, but it takes time, and eventually these flaws that are counter to, let's say, the value of respect, if they're disrespecting people in the way they communicate, then they might be the, the best technician in the world, but they got to go. Yep. I always call in leaders, leadership, I always call these the, the black hole employees. You know, black holes suck the energy out of the universe, right? And uh, the employees that are like that with their negative values or their two-faced approach yeah. to life that they're trying to fool people and fool themselves are actually sucking the energy out of other employees. Maybe they only suck the energy, 10% of their energy or 20% of the energy. Well, if you've got 10 people, you've lost one or two employee productivity because of this one person and they can't make all that up. Yeah. So tell me, I, I think I know the answer to this, but I want, I want to have you answer the question. Once you let that person go, what happened to everybody else? Oh, sigh of relief, happiness, way more productive. And people appreciated you way more, even though they were like managers or whatnot. Um, you know, I respected everyone. I gave everyone a fair shot. And I'm, I'm a more of an open book kind of guy, right? Like I want everyone to collaborate and share amongst each other and help one another achieve betterment for themselves as well as for the company, right? So I, I felt everyone was just 
just the the level of energy, the aptitude of humans, like everyone was just positive, right? Yeah. And it was great. Did anybody say to you, John, what took you so long? Well, I wasn't aware of what was happening, right? Like, no, until, but they did. Did anybody yeah. say to you? <laughs> of course. Sometimes, sometimes that's what happened. What took you so long? Well, I didn't. I I didn't know. It doesn't matter. It's still your responsibility. Exactly. Right? Yeah, and I I own up to it, and I apologize. You know, for me, it's like I own up to every mistake or every you know win, but it's more of a team win, right? Every mistake yeah. is either myself or the team. We always do things collaboratively and work together in alignment, right? So let's not go back too far. Let's just go back seven years. If you could write yourself a letter and you could say, hey, John, pay attention. This is what I want you to know. What would you write yourself today to go back to the 2013 John that says, pay attention to this? What would you write yourself? I think uh, for me, I would have hired more of a coach or a mentor that's lived that space so because i'm in digital advertising i don't even i to this day i don't even know how to price properly as compared to all my competitors but i know yellow pages and i'm mimicking what i know might be right might be wrong but i'm living it through what i know so again maybe that's right or wrong but that's something i would have envisioned like I should have done differently just to be on par with some of the other agencies in my space. But other than that, I mean, I wouldn't take anything back because I'm learning constantly. I'm always evolving, making mistakes and getting better, hiring, firing, you know, just having fun with this whole journey. Right. And as long as you embrace it and, you know, enjoy it more than ever, like then at least, you know, you're in it for the long term. Right. It's not like a short one month, one year kind of gig, right? This is a lifetime journey, right? And yeah, just enjoy the moment. Excellent. So John, you were talking a little bit about uh, some of the things that you do to give back. What could you, could you talk about that? Yeah. A couple of years ago, I started the uh, give, starting a momentum and initiatives of giving back to children in need. And this was more of a backpack initiative during back to school. And for me, the first year I did 80 backpacks, the second year it was 200, but it was filled with all the lock, you know, all the protractors, calculators, everything they needed for a school year. Because growing up, I didn't have that. And for me, that's how I equipped I wanted to equip school children that were in need or lived in more difficult situations to equip themselves for better education. So last year we did 200. This year we were unable to do that because of what's going on in the pandemic. So we shifted our focus because as you know, a lot of small business owners are struggling. Bricks and mortar, uh, local business or communities, friends, neighbors, you know, people that you see on a regular basis, they're the ones being impacted the most. So what we started doing, and we've been working on this for a couple months, but we started this initiative last week. And this was beginning of October. We started an SEO initiative. It's called Impact Initiative. And we're giving out SEO campaigns, one-year free SEO campaigns to 100 companies in the next five years. And this is where we're helping local business owners who are struggling so that we can help them make a difference, right? So they can survive, right? Exactly. Survive as well as get more of awareness on 
their expertise because a lot of business owners aren't good at what we do, right? Like getting exposure, visibility online. So that's not their strength. And that's why I want to help with the team that we've built. We're really just trying to give as much as possible and help as many people and make more of an impact to the society, right? For the betterment of humans. So that's what we've started working on. And it's going to be a lot of fun because it's been great just working on a business and having fun seven years, but now I want to make more of an impact to help others from not just mentoring, but also providing more of what our expertise is to business owners. That's awesome that they have the wherewithal to give, be able to give back and you found a way to uh, adjust what you've done in the past to, uh, to really help people out. That's really great. Thanks. And be, be grateful, right? And I'm so fortunate to be living in a Western culture and society and, and, you know, the sacrifice my parents did, really ingrained into me because my mom was always volunteering for people in her Vietnamese Chinese culture because they didn't speak the language of English, right? So when she started learning English, she was now a translator for all her community leaders. And that's where I feel like my mom really rubbed off on me, on everything she's learned, right? And I'm so grateful for everything that I have today. Thanks to mom. Exactly. Yeah. So finally, I've got to ask you the question because we're in the middle of a pandemic and we don't know. So when's the next cruise? So 2020, we were supposed to go at this year, end of the year, but that's not going to yeah. happen. 2021, it's still up in the air until there's a, a vaccine that's, you know. Yeah. You know what I mean, right? Um, yes. I'm oh, not yeah. risking my family because I usually bring my mom or my family, right? Like my son, my wife, my yeah, you know, mother-in-law, so father-in-law. What was the last where was it? Where was the last cruise you went on? So last year we were fortunate enough to do two cruises. We did Alaska in August, and we also did Orlando in December or Miami. So for me, it's like. I don't have to worry and plan things. I just want to go and enjoy yeah. things and relax. And that's why I love cruising, right? You experience different cities and ports and enjoy it, right? Uh, without thinking too much, or planning yeah. too much. Well, Mr. John Vong, I really appreciate your time today and sharing uh, your journey with us and your energy. Um, it's been uh, quite a lot of fun. And I know that there are some leaders and entrepreneurs out there that are uh, will really benefit from the conversation that we had today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, Gary. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. I'm Dr. Gary, making good bosses into great leaders with compassionate accountability. And this has been Leading from the Front, where leadership is a responsibility, not a position. Take care and be well. Thanks for being with us on Leading from the Front with Dr. Gary McGrath. Remember to subscribe to this podcast on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about the work Dr. Gary is doing, visit statarius.com. S-T-A-T-A-R-I-U-S dot com. Music for Leading from the Front is provided by Peter Katz. For more of his music, visit peterkatz.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.